deeds is dead, says James. And uh, James does not contradict uh, that we are saved by faith. In fact, um, it is our faith that produces works. Uh, it's not our works that saves us, it's our faith. But it's our faith that pr uh, produces that. You know, and it's amazing because we know, uh, we know James is Jesus' half-brother. And that uh, growing up, uh, James, uh, and, and watching Jesus' ministry, uh, James didn't believe in Jesus. Didn't believe that he was the son of God. He, didn't, uh, he was not uh, a follower of Jesus as they were growing up. It wasn't until the resurrection that, that James realized that uh, he needed a savior. And, he ex and not only did he need a savior, he called Jesus Lord. Lord. Uh, he became the leader of the Jerusalem church, instrumental in, in so many things that went on uh, in the early church. Uh, he was a deeply, deeply spiritual man. He uh, was a man of prayer. In fact, uh, legend has it that his, uh, he had knobby knees from being on his knees so much uh, to pray that he had knees like a camel, uh, that he was truly a man of prayer. Uh, and, uh, and it says, uh, um, tradition also says that he uh, died much like his savior Jesus, uh, he was beaten to death uh, with clubs, and uh, in in his last words were, uh, "Forgive them; they know not what they do." Like his Lord and Savior Jesus, uh, you know. And James could have started out the book of James uh, like, "I'm uh, James, the brother of Jesus." <laughs> Better listen. Uh, uh, I was chosen to carry on the, and lead the Jerusalem church. He could have said that. Because those things were true. But no, what he writes uh, in the beginning, if you've got your Bible, he says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, number one, James was a servant of God and of Jesus, and he called Jesus uh, his Lord. We should do the same. We should do the same. Uh, so let's uh, read a bit of James, um, chapter 1. Verses uh, 2 through 12. Uh, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, <coughs> because you know that the testing of your faith produces per perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all who, without finding fault, and it will be given to you. <coughs> But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation, since they will pass away like a wildflower. But the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossoms falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Amen. Amen. And, uh, verse 2 says, uh, we need to have a joyful attitude. Um, how can we have a joyful attitude in the middle of trials, um, you say? Uh, notice that uh, James also says, uh, 
when you face trials of many kinds, not if you face trials, when you face trials of many kinds. Nick's been preaching from First Peter and talking about uh, suffering, and, uh, and it's not that you might suffer, but you will suffer if you put Christ first. Uh, but you have a joyful attitude in the middle of that suffering, um, and do you consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters? Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, I have given up everything for Christ. Everything I have obtained myself is garbage compared to knowing Jesus Christ as my Savior. Um, and, and it's so true. I consider everything garbage compared to knowing Jesus Christ. I consider everything garbage compared to his word and how it teaches me and how it has blessed me. And what, as the fruit of the Spirit has engulfed me. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, forbearance, goodness, faithfulness, uh, self-control. Nothing compares to the, the joy of serving Jesus Christ. In Philippians chapter 3, 12-14, how, how do we have... <clears throat> let's read that. Philippians chapter 3, 12-14. Um... <clears throat> Not that I've already obtained it, all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold for that which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for, the, for which God has called me heavenward in Jesus Christ. Um, how do we um, have joy in trials? We keep our eyes on the prize. Jesus Christ. There's no doubt uh, that Jesus Christ has made a difference in my life. He has changed everything. I've gone from being a selfish person to being a, uh, wanting to be a servant. It's changed everything, and it, that's how I uh, can endure the trials that we go through. Our values determine our outlook. What you value the most determines your outlook. If you value um, comfort uh, more than character, the trials will upset you. If you uh, value materials and the physical more than the spiritual, we won't be able to consider it pure joy. But if we live for the present, if we live for the present and forget the future, then trials will make you bitter, not better. Uh, but when we press on to the goal of eternal life, you will have a joyful attitude uh, as you face trials. Um, verse three talks about a, um, a uh, joyful mind, understanding. Uh, um, an understanding mind, excuse me, understanding mind. Verse 3 says, Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Um, uh, it's, every day is a real challenge, and uh, we all have our things that we go through. But uh, God sends those tests so that you may persevere, so that you may be able to accomplish great things. Uh, we know that God always tests us, and that brings out our best, while Satan tempts us to bring out our worst. Um, Romans 8, 28, and we know that all things God works together for the good. All things. Uh, if your faith is in the cross of Christ, uh, you will have perseverance. Is your faith in God producing perseverance in your life? Yeah? I like that nod, Claire. I like that nod, you know. And it's so true, um, my wife is a perfect example of perseverance in, in all she has gone through for going on since 1990. 
you know, now and uh, 32 years later, uh, persevering through day in and day out struggles. Uh, what an example she's been to me, and to uh, and we've gone through it together. Uh, and, I, and I can say I consider it joy every day when when Diane and I get up, and every night when we go through what we go through. Uh, I do consider it pure joy, and I can laugh and smile only because of the of love of Christ. Uh, that's that's our foundation. That's our that makes us be able to persevere. Um, verse 4 talks about uh, a submissive will. Um, I think that was always my biggest challenge, having a submissive will. Um, very strong-willed man. I've been a very self-made man, and uh, that's been a real struggle with me. And it wasn't until I was submiss- submitted to God's word, submitted to God's will for me, that I really truly be living a life of faith. Um, verse 4 says, uh, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Um, God's goal for you is to be a mature Christian, to grow up in him. Um, for that to happen, you need to have a submissive will. Um, Ephesians 6.6 6 says, doing the will of God from our heart, the heart. Uh, our heart's got to be in it. It's not enough to have the will. The heart has got to be in it, whatever you do. And then you will have a submissive will. Let God weigh with you. And watch what happens. You will be complete and not lacking anything. Uh, verses 5 through 8. If, you, if you, any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because and the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person shall not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. We have to have a believing heart, as I just said. Um, when, when we have the wisdom that comes from God, we will be victorious in every trial. There will be no doubting. There will be no doubting. I, I, I have no doubt uh, God is going to turn whatever we're going through into good. And, and we will learn from it. And we will use, he will use us to be the example, to show others the, how, how important it is to love Jesus Christ. Um, we need to have a humble spirit, verses 9 through 11. Humble spirit. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich will should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. It is blossoms falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they uh, go about their business. You know, we, we need, there are two different kinds of Christians mentioned here. They both rejoice and let God have their way with them. A humble spirit says, my riches are in Christ, and they won't wither or fall away. There's no doubt. Verse 12, if you have a highlighter, highlight this verse. This, I think this is the highlight of, of, of the whole lesson. Um, verse 12 says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Um, the key word is love. The key word is loving God with all our heart, mind, and soul. Uh, James could have used, uh, oh, uh, blessed is the person who trusts him, or blessed is the one who obey him. No, he uses the one who loves him, because love is the spiritual motivation behind every act of faith. If, if your, love is, your love is in it, you cannot uh, have it. You know, you will not step out on faith. You will not do things that, that only uh, um, God could do. 
But why do we have a joyful attitude as we face trials? Because we love God, and he loves us, and he will not harm us. Why do we have an understanding mind, a desire to know him more? Because he loves us and has shared the truth with us, and we love him in return. Why do we have a submissive mind? Because we love him. Where there is love, there is surrender and obedience. Why do we have a believing heart? Because love and faith go together. How can, can you picture that day when you receive the crown of life? When you stand in front of your Savior, and the Lord uh, is going to give you the crown of life to everyone um, that he has promised to give to those who love him. Um, we love him because he first loved us, uh, and he will uh, turn those trials into triumphs. I really believe that. I've told, uh, said this many times, I feel like the luckiest man in the world for what we've gone through. It's, it's changed everything in our lives, and it's made our whole family m much better and much better workers for, for God, and it's, those trials have, have been turned into triumphs. Verse 1, 19 through 27 talks about hearers and doers. <coughs> this is the crux of the lesson. Uh, we not only need to be a hearer, we need to be a doer. Uh, starting in 19, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves. Do not do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently, James uses, intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongue deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless as this, to look upon orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Um, truly, we need to be hearers and doers. And you know, the main point uh, James is bringing out uh, is the danger of self-deception. Uh, the main danger, danger of self-deception. 122 says, do not merely listen to the world, word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Um, this is what a lukewarm faith will do um, if we don't uh, do what it says. You compromise. The word of God isn't your guide. The world values are money, power, and pleasure. Um, Bible study isn't a priority. Uh, you deceive yourself there. Bible study is a priority. There's nothing more important than opening the word of God and, and, sh and sharing it and knowing it. While the hearer and doer is honest with themselves and admits that they need, we need a Savior. We need a Savior. Verse 25 says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law and gives freedom and continues it in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. The perfect law is God's word uh, that gives freedom. Uh, notice, you know, how, I, uh, how we must look intently into God's word uh, and continue in it. Um, when you hear God's word and do it, you will be blessed in what you do. Um, don't deceive yourself. Be a hearer and a doer. Um, <clears throat> Next is three kinds of faith, and only one of them will save you, James talks about in um, chapter 2, 14 through 26. Chapter 2, 14 through 26. 
<clears throat> what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accomp accompanied by action, is dead. But someone who will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You shudder. <laughs> you believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that, and they shudder. You foolish person, do not... Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions weren't working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. In the same way was not even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off into different directions. As the body without spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Um, yeah. James knows that, uh, that faith is the key to the Christian life. Uh, the sinner is saved by faith, and the believer must walk by faith, and without faith it is impossible to please God. Faith isn't some kind of uh, good feeling that we get uh, when we get excited and all worked up. That's not faith. Faith is confidence that God's word is true. God's word is true and, con and conviction that acting on that word will bring a, his blessing. Um, like I said, th there's three kinds of faith. You know, and I've been watching um, Victoria, uh, Diane's sister, up. she's been up here for a week, and she's been such a doer, <laughs> such a doer. Such an example to me of, of doer, how she's helped take care of Diane, and uh, Diane's been going through a rough spell, um, so many things. And, you know, Katie and Nick do the same thing. They, they are such doers, and, and such an example of what James is talking about. I pray that you are a doer, not just a hearer, that you're not just sitting in this pew today just listening. Oh, that sounds good. I've heard, I know I have faith. Your faith is, is displayed in your action. What are, your, what are you doing with your faith? Are you, that's, that's the difference. Th James talks about three faiths. The first one we don't want nothing about, dead faith. 14 through 17, 14 through 17, the second chapter. What good is it, my brothers, as <coughs> this is, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds, can such a faith save them? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says, says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accomplished, is dead. Um, people with dead faith substitute words for actions. They talk to talk, but they don't walk to walk. You know, a lot of people can talk. A lot of people can say nice things. In fact, it happens all the day. In, in the restaurant, I get people constantly coming in and, and talking to talk, but they're not walking to walk. You know, and that's the difference between... Um, dead faith and a, and a live faith. Uh, they even quote Bible verses, you know, which really is scary. You know, they quote the Bible and don't, and don't, uh, don't live by it. Uh, they think their words is as good as, as their works. They're wrong. They go together. You know, and I, these scriptures right here, Tim, Tim read this 
already, uh, he sort of took my thunder away with these verses uh, <laughs> earlier, but it, they so apply. Uh, and we've had some people in need lately. And, uh, and these verses, you know, it's funny, I got these texts, uh, I think it was Thursday night, I forget, I think it was Thursday. And, uh, you know, one thing after another. And at the same time, I was reading these verses. And I said, wow, is, does God's word, God's word speaks to us. First John three seventeen and 18, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but with action and truth. I praise you, Father. Thank you for the, the scriptures that came, just came alive. At the same time, I, we, we saw so many people in need. Um, the question in, in verse 14, you know, is... is um, I want to read verse 14 one more time in chapter 2. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith and has no deeds? That question should read, can that kind of faith save you? What kind? The kind of faith that is never seen in practical works? The answer is no. No. Dead faith is not a saving faith. Dead faith is counterfeit and lulls the person into false confidence of eternal life. Uh, Verse 17 says, don't be deceived. Satan loves, he's the great deceiver. And, uh, and it's, if we're not careful, we will, he will lull us into thinking that we are faithful, strong Christians. And we are truly just sitting back, waiting to be fed and not, not putting our faith on display through our deeds. Jesus really, uh, Jane, <laughs> really, uh, Jesus really opens our eyes uh, in Matthew 7, 21. Matthew 7, 21 through 23. Uh, get your highlighter out. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name drive out demons. In your name perform many miracles. And I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. That's, uh, that's a dead faith. Uh, in reality, uh, it's only faith in Christ that's going to save you. Uh, that's what we count on Judgment Day when we're face-to-face -face with, with Jesus. James sort of shocks us in, um, in chapter 2, um, verse 18. Talks about Satan. Talks about Satan. Chapter 2, 18 through 20. But someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe. Uh, there is one God, good. Even the demons believe. And uh, that and, and shudder. You foolish person. Do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? It's a scary thought that a demon uh, may have more faith than some so-called Christians. Um, Paul knew of uh, Satan's power in, uh, in Ephesians chapter 10, uh, chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. 
For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, uh, James, uh, Paul knew full well the power of Satan. And I'm telling you, if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, have not put his, his, uh, his, um, him into action in your life, um, Satan will deceive you. Satan uh, schemes. You need the full armor of God. It's only a living faith uh, that gets us through it, not a lukewarm faith. Um, now, finally, James brings us to the best part. Uh, chapter 20 through 26 of chapter 2. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith were made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness, as, and he was called God's friend. You see that the, a person is considered righteous by what they do, not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab, the prostitute, considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Um, dynamic faith uh, is faith that's real. Faith that has power. Faith that results in a changed life. Dynamic faith is based on the word of God. Um, 118, James says, <clears throat> He chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be the first fruits of all he created. Um, we were born again by the word of God. Uh, only by humbly accepting God's word can you have a dynamic faith. 121 says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted on you, which can save you. Um, I ask you, do you cherish the word of God? Is it the most important thing in your life? Um, does the Bible sit on the, the shelf at home or is it, is it well worn and well written and well highlighted? Have you gotten the highlighter out and, and highlighted some of the scriptures today? I, I pray that you would. Um, Romans 10, 17 says, that, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing uh, and the, the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. We are saved by faith in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus alone. Uh, you, James uses these two heroes of faith to uh, demonstrate uh, a dyna dy dynamic faith, uh, Abraham and Rahab, two very different people. Uh, Abraham was a very godly man, a prostitute. Uh, what did they have in common? A saving faith. They stood on, by faith. They exercised faith. 21 through 24, uh, Abraham had a dynamic faith. It says, <clears throat> 21 says, Was not our father Abraham considered righteous by what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did and the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham completed, believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. You see that, that a person is considered righteous by what he, they do, and not by faith alone. Um, I hope people th consider you God's friend by your actions. 
by your strong faith, by your commitment, by, by week in and week out, you, you do the same thing with God's word, and you, you live a, a life of faith, not a, a, a weak faith, but a, a, a saving faith, a powerful faith. Um, I pray that, uh, and I, I pray that I'm a, a friend of God, that I consider him the most important um, thing in my whole life. I pray that you would do the same. Abraham truly ex, um, was an example of dynamic faith. Um, he, his faith was made complete by what he did. Uh, there, there is a perfect relationship between faith and works. You know, <clears throat> Abraham was not saved by faith plus works. Abraham was saved by a faith that works. And same with us. We are saved by a faith that works, that a faith that is uh, full of action. Um, Second illustration was Rahab. Notice how God uses a harlot, a, a prostitute. Uh, verse 25 and 26 says, In the same way was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous by what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. She protected the two spies uh, sent by Joshua. She had a dynamic faith. Because she knew a dynamic God. And it's true, by knowing God, you will do amazing things. Um, she could have had a dead faith and not cared at all about God's people. <coughs> she said uh, she could have had a, a demonic faith and turned the spies over to the authorities. But she exercised a dynamic faith. Her, her mind knew the truth. Her heart was stirred, stirred by the truth. And her will acted on the truth. She proved her faith by her works. James uh, gives us three examples of faith. Only one will save you. Dead faith, it's a faith without works. Um, 2.17 says, in the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. A demonic faith is, is the faith uh, of the deceiver. Uh, see, Satan is powerful and mighty, as I read in the scriptures. And he wants to deceive you. He wants to deceive you. He wants you to compromise he wants you to act uh, like the world acts. Um, and he loves that person that, that uh, has a dead faith. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Um, a dynamic faith is a real faith, a faith that has power, a faith that results in a changed life. Uh, do you have a changed life? Do people recognize that you're not like you used to be? I pray that, amen, I pray that that, that is what God has done in your life. It's a dynamic faith. It's a growing faith. It's a saving faith. It's based on God's word. You know, I can never learn enough about God. I don't know about you. I can never learn enough. I, I, I'm excited every time I open it up and learn something and, and let the spirit work in my life. I pray that you would do the same. Let God's word transform you. And James 1.25 says, But whoever looks intently in it, <clears throat> into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but by doing, they will be blessed in what they do. Do you feel blessed in what you do? I, I, I pray that you do. A saving faith, a transforming faith will, will make you blessed in everything you do. <clears throat> the world will see faith in action. James' message to me and you today is that we need to have a dynamic faith. Uh, James grew up with Jesus. You know, he uh, maybe he went to bed in the same bedroom with Jesus as a young boy and uh, 
grew up as a teenager and, and did many things together. And he, he even watched Jesus do one miracle after another. Um, but he had a dead faith. He, did, he sort of didn't, he didn't believe. Didn't believe. Uh, it wasn't until he, he saw the, met the resurrected Jesus, the one who rose from the death. Then he called him Lord. Everything changed. What kind of faith do you have? Are you like that James that sat back and listened and watched week in and week out, year in and year out, uh, the dead faith James? Or you, have you met the risen Savior? Are you excited about uh, how Jesus rose from the dead and how someday we're going to meet with him up in the sky? Yes. Amen. We're going to have a dynamic faith uh, because of what um, we did for Jesus. That's what James is talking about. Is yours a faith of, that inspires action, uh, inspires others to know Christ as their Savior? I pray it would be. Um, the biggest thing I can thank God for every day is that I've, I've put him first, and my family has followed in, along with it. Uh, Diane uh, just is such an inspiration, and then our children have just been so faithful and, and just been amazing to see their dynamic faith in actions. Psalms 139, 23, and 24 says this, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way of everlasting. We all want to go to heaven. We want to get those around us to heaven. And it's only by a, a powerful, saving faith that, that's going to happen. Um, <clears throat> I pray today that uh, you've been inspired to, to uh, just let the Word of God be your guide and, and give you a dynamic faith. And, uh, yes, and I pray that um, we would see that faith in action and that others would see it around us. Um, I, it's, um, I pray that we can join James and proclaim, um, I am a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is my Lord. Um, I want to offer the invitation today, if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, If you haven't accepted him and you know him, you need to want to know him because it's, it's the only thing that will save you. you. Your faith in yourself means nothing. Your faith in yourself means nothing. I pray you would uh, accept him as your Lord and Savior because it, why wait? I think the most exciting thing I do every single day is serve my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's stand and sing the song of invitation. Um, <clears throat>